Welcome back to the Touchdown Rundown. It's been a bit, but we have huge news in the NFL, as was scheduled. The NFL's schedule came out last night, Thursday, May the 12th, and the show, of course, got great ratings, as the NFL tends to do, despite the fact that it's the NBA playoffs. The news was just a buzz, because football is back, sort of. It's not till back till September 8th, but we have something to talk about that's not draft-related. Tony, how does it feel to not have to think about the N- the NFL draft for a while? I'm just so sick of the draft in general. I really don't care about any of the guys drafted because all they've really done is college stuff, and frankly, I don't care about any of that. I want them to prove themselves in the league, so until they do that, I don't care who they are, what round they're drafted in. I want the schedule. Yeah, no, I am so excited for the schedule because it finally gives us a concrete look at the season. And I do legitimately think that it does have an impact on teams. Like teams are going to to see a little bit of fluctuation in how people think they're going to perform as far as wins and losses go. Because if you have a tough road schedule or something, you have a couple road games, or maybe you have a, a good homestand against some easier teams where you have a favorable bye week. I don't know how you guys feel about bye weeks, but the bye week position is important. So what we're going to do today is we're going to go through the AFC. We're going to go through all four divisions and talk about the schedules for all 16 teams, how we think that this schedule is going to impact each and every team. But first, I want to quickly whip through the primetime games. So Tony, do we want to start with Sunday night football? Yeah, let's, let's go ahead and start with the Sunday Night Football schedule. Sunday Night Football, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Dallas Week 1. An absolute thriller. It was the opening game last season for the NFL. The only difference, of course, is that Tampa Bay is actually at Dallas. So that would be a monster game, and I'm super excited for it. Absolutely. What a way to start the season. It was a fantastic game last year. And, you know, this year the Bucks aren't coming off of a Super Bowl victory, but this is still going to be an absolutely electric game. I have big expectations for both the Bucks and the Cowboys once again. We'll see if the Cowboys continue to disappoint like they usually do, but I'm hoping <laughs> that this year they can pull off a win against an amazing opponent. Two division winners, or two likely division winners, I should say. And speaking of big disappointments in the playoffs in in week two, sorry, Tony, it's Chicago at Green Bay. What a horrible Sunday night football game. No, this one is just abysmal. This is only really a game because of the rivalry. I think that's pretty clear. One of these teams is always significantly better than the other. As soon as this game was released, all the graphics came out of, oh, Rodgers has dominated the Bears for however many years. and this He owns them. Yeah, he owns the Bears, of course. So, I mean, this is just kind of a it's a it's a conflicting interest thing because you know you own the team you're playing against. It's kind of weird, but whatever. It, it it is what it is. Not a great game, but I'll enjoy it. But the NFL decides to bounce back. Week three, the San Francisco 49ers face off an old foe in new uniform against Denver in the Mile High City. We got Russell Wilson taking on the 49ers. I'm actually really excited about that game, and I think it has huge potential. This should definitely be a good game, and it's going to be a great test for Denver to see if Russ really was the missing piece. I think there's a little bit more that this team needs to actually make that, you know, the big step to be a real contender. But playing against this Niners team is definitely going to be a true test of how good this team really is. For sure. And now we get to week four, where it's Kansas City at Tampa Bay. And I'm legitimately sitting in my room right now wondering... How much did Tom Brady coming back in impact how the NFL decided to schedule some of these games? Because I cannot imagine that, oh, Tom Brady's back? Well, we're going to move all of these Tampa Bay games right to prime time. Absolutely. You kind of have to. It's It was probably a bit of a reality check for the NFL going, oh my gosh, he's gone. What are we going to write about for the next 364 <laughs> days with maybe one day in there for NBA stuff? And then as soon as he came back, they had all sorts of new content. They really wanted to make sure that he was getting all the prime time games possible. Yeah, and speaking of, well, you know what? I don't really have a good transition for this one, except it's just it's a game I'm excited about. The Cincinnati Bengals will play at the Baltimore Ravens at 820 in Week 5. This is going to be an interesting one. I think the Bengals are going to regress pretty strongly from you know last year, their whole Super Bowl year and all that. I think they're going to be a good team. I don't think they get back to that level, and I am a little bit out on the Ravens. I don't think Lamar is the answer. I know everybody's saying, oh, when he's healthy, this team's going to be elite again. I don't think so. I think the league has kind of figured him out. Uh, so this game, I think, is going to be a good one just because it's a division rivalry, but for actual content of the game itself, I don't think it's the best one on here. It's not bad, but it's not great. More important for me in the Ravens is the lack of, of star wide receivers. Not that they had a star, but they got star more starless. Yeah, traded away in what I think is the worst trade in recent draft memory. 
for sure. And again, we go to another great divisional game. It's Dallas at Philadelphia in week six. I don't I, I don't know how to feel about this one. I'm excited for it because it is a rivalry game and because I do f- think that Philadelphia is going to progress into being a pretty good team this year with the, that wide receiving core. I honestly don't know how you can't think they won't, won't be good, but I feel like I still feel like I want to give that to Dallas just because of how lopsided two of those games were last year. I definitely do think this is going to be a great game. I'm more excited for this one than I am for the Bengals-Ravens game. You know, they're both divisional, but I actually think that the Eagles are very slept on uh, the past year. I think that uh, them being the number one rushing team by a fairly wide margin was kind of overlooked all the time. And it's really just going to come down to, is Hurts going to be able to up his passing game to make this team formidable? For sure. And we go from two good back-to-back divisionals to a rather weird one in Week 7. It's Pittsburgh at Miami. I do think that Pittsburgh will be an interesting team. I don't particularly expect them to be a good team offensively, though what is new. Uh, And with Miami, we obviously get Tyreek Hill, and it'll be a fun primetime game for Miami. It is in Miami, so I've always loved the city of Miami, so I'm going to be extra excited to see how two is doing at that point in the season. A lot of questions surrounding that Miami offense. Yeah, this one's definitely a little bit kind of a, an underwhelming game given how many good ones that we've had up until this point. I'm excited to watch the Dolphins, but I'm really not at all interested in the Steelers at all. I They only really had to have gotten primetime games off of their you know kind of widespread fan base. They're really, I guess, skill-wise and talent-wise, and do they deserve to have these games? I don't really think so. I think other teams definitely would have been better in these spots. I don't disagree. Uh, Okay, so next, we do have two teams that at least you'll be interested in, and I imagine the league as a whole will be interested in. Green Bay taking on the Buffalo Bills in primetime week eight. Yeah, absolutely. This is going to be an absolutely fantastic game. There's really no way around it. It's in Buffalo. These are two of the strongest fan bases in the NFL. It's going to be really an electric atmosphere, and it should be a heck of a game to watch. And I would argue the probably two conference favorites, um, maybe not for Green Bay as much, but I think Buffalo for sure. Yeah, I mean, this is a potential Super Bowl matchup. For sure, it is, I think so. Okay, let's go to week nine where we have Tennessee and Kansas City, the potential, you know, another potential AFC championship preview if Tennessee can get there. I'm honestly, I'm kind of out on Tennessee uh, going into the season. I don't really like what they've done, but Kansas City seems... Maybe not as formidable as they were in the past. They've lost a step on offense and defense, I think. But I still like them to be good in the AFC. I definitely am. I'm agreeing with you there. Uh, I don't think that Tennessee has made the best moves for their team's future. And I don't think that they're going to be particularly electric this year like they should have been last year. Uh, The Chiefs, like you said, kind of taking a step back. But I do actually think that they are still a Super Bowl favorite. You can never really count them out with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and all them. That's really all you need. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree. I definitely think Super Bowl favorite is fair, but maybe, maybe, I don't even, Super Bowl contender, but not favorite. Okay, let's move on to week 10. We got to do this at breakneck pace, if you can believe it. We're only halfway through. We have Los Angeles at San Francisco in week 10. I'm very excited about that, but that's just because I'm a huge Chargers fan. A little theater of the mind before you. I'm actually wearing my Chargers hat right now. It's one of my favorite hats, and Tony still needs to get his because we joined the Charge the Charger bandwagon. I'm trying to think of a, a catchy name, but nothing's coming to me at the moment. Yeah, we did join we did join the Charge last year at uh uh, I guess before the season even started, we were talking about how Justin Herbert was going to be an MVP contender, and he actually was not that far off by the end of the season. He did really, really well once again. I don't see him falling off. I think the Chargers as an organization have made fantastic moves to continue bettering that team. Of course, the Niners are always right there. They're always consistent with pretty much no matter who they have with Shanahan as, as the coach down there. Injury is the only question. Yeah, injuries always seem to kind of be the bug for the Niners, but if they can get just get one healthy year, this could be a heck of a team. Yeah, and we could legitimately be looking at a Trey Lance-Justin Herbert showdown, two young, fun quarterbacks, potentially, 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 big potentially. Allegedly. Um, <laughs> yes, allegedly. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying it will be happening. I'm just floating the possibility it might. Okay, on to Week 11. We have another divisional matchup. This one, okay, it makes one of the teams makes sense. Another team does not make as much sense. It'll be the Cincinnati Bengals at the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think Cincinnati, of course, coming off that Super Bowl win, is just such a fun team that it will draw eyeballs. I think people really fell in love with Joe Burr. Uh, and then Pittsburgh, it's a, it's a rivalry. It, it works. I, I would rather see Kansas City and the Los Angeles Chargers, which is a 425 game, get the flex. But 
But hey, uh, I get it. Divisional rivalries. Yeah, that's really the only reason this team is here. It's kind of like the Week 2 matchup, Chicago and Green Bay. It's only really there because it's a major uh, rivalry. One team is clearly better than another, and I don't think anybody expects this game to be a nail-biter. So moving on to Week 12, it's the, it's the Thanksgiving week, obviously. I'm a little disappointed that the Los Angeles Rams at Kansas City is not the primetime flex here, but instead we have Green Bay at Philadelphia. So again, we, we've talked about both these teams. I expect them both to be good, but Philadelphia will be on the up and up, but they'll have some, Philadelphia's going to have some really big home games this season that are going to be very exciting and a couple in prime time. So I'm, I'm really excited about the Eagles. Yeah, absolutely. I am, once again, I am, I'm very high on the Eagles. I don't think they're going to the Super Bowl or anything, but I do think that they're going to be significantly better than last year and their record is probably going to start looking up. Now, challenge Dallas with the steps that yeah. Dallas has taken back. I really do think that they have the opportunity to do that. All right, let's go to week 13. It's uh, Speaking of Dallas, it's the Indianapolis Colts taking on the Dallas Cowboys. That'll be a fun one just because at this point in the season, we'll have a pretty good feel for Matt Ryan. I expect him to do well in Indianapolis, and I expect this to be a good game between what I would imagine are the, are the two favorites to win their respective divisions in Indianapolis and Dallas. Yeah, I would say so. I honestly don't expect Matt Ryan to be that particularly different from Carson Wentz. He might be a slight improvement, but I don't think he's going to be all that. He is aging, and he's still solid, but he's not, you know, he's not going to be any MVP anytime soon. So I think that they're going to be looking pretty decent, but as of right now, I'm still betting on the Cowboys to be the better team. I yeah, I don't disagree with that. It'll be, but that'll be a really good matchup. And I who I have no idea. I did not see the Colts being. Uh, as good as they were this season, week 13. So who knows? Um, okay, let's go over to another team that I probably, I don't think anybody really expected to be good in week 13, except the only difference last season, they were not good week 13. <laughs> That's a long bridge to say the Denver Broncos are hosting Kansas City um, in week 14. Uh, the Broncos, again, this will be an exciting one just because we, we will have a good feel for for Russell Wilson and how he's doing in Denver. And of course, this will probably be a very, key matchup as far as the divisional standings go between these two teams that should very realistically be in competition for the top spot. Yeah, I really like where they put this one. They put it late into the season, so this game really does mean something. Uh, And it's going to be one where everybody kind of expects Kansas City to be all that and be that good. We just really don't know what the Broncos are going to be. They're a really big question mark right right now, and maybe Russ is the answer. Maybe they need other pieces. We don't know, but this is certainly going to be a great test down the line. Yeah, and in week 15, we have an absolute thriller. It's just an incredible storyline. As some of you may know, the most important news in the NFL last night broke, um, and it was not the NFL schedule, but it was that Jarrett Stidham, the New England's the New England Patriots backup quarterback was traded to the Las Vegas Raiders, setting up the Jarrett Stidham revenge game as he glares at Bill Belichick from the from the Raiders bench in Las Vegas. I think he's. I think you know. I take it back. Jarrett Stidham is going to shake Bill Belichick's hand. He's in Las Vegas as opposed to New England. <laughs> Are you telling me you wouldn't shake his hand? <laughs> yeah, no, this, is, this is kind of a weird one. I'm not sure. They they must have just kind of run out of matchups at this late in the season. They have some good ones down the line in the last couple of weeks, but this is just kind of an oddity. Seems more like a filler game than anything else. But come on, tell, you're telling me that if you're Jarrett Stidham, you're not going to shake Bill Belichick's hand at the end of this one? I mean, you absolutely have to. You're back to quarterback. <laughs> greatest job in the world, getting paid millions of dollars to warm up. To, to be in Las Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> A quarter, a backup quarterback in Las Vegas. <laughs> okay, so let's move on to week 16. We have Tampa Bay at Arizona. So this will be an interesting one just because, uh, you know, who knows with, with the Cardinals and how they fell off last season if they'll, if they'll kind of start out dominant again. I expect the Cardinals to be good and have a little bit of a rebound because they really did close out the back half of the season so poorly. But this will be a huge test for them against Tampa Bay. I kind of expect to see them do what they did at the end of last year. I don't think they're going to be anything that special. I think they got really, really lucky, and they they lost it to the most injured Packers team I've seen in a long time. Rodgers was essentially throwing to himself. Uh, I don't know how they lost that game, but ever since then, they just looked like a completely different team. Yes, Kyler was hurt for a lot of that, so there is that part. But if you're one player away from going from undefeated to a frankly mediocre to the team, Panthers, then you're, then you're not that good of a team to start with. You know, if you go from undefeated to losing to Cam Newton in his first game back in action, there was a bigger problem there. Um, okay, so let's go to 
for my money in week 17, what is the game of the season? It's my favorite thing ever. It's the LA LA game. It's the Rams playing at home against the Chargers who are also playing at home. It'll just, I, I just love the idea of an LA LA game. It's one of my favorite ideas in sports. That is certainly going to be a great one. I don't know if I would peg it as the best game of the year, but I do think it's certainly going to be an electric one. Uh, down the stretch, ah. these teams should be absolutely fantastic. It's just a matter of who's going to be all that much better. And as we get to week 18, so there's not a prime time specific game. All of the games are currently TBD, so the NFL is going to you know flex the ones that are the most important based on standings and playoff implications. Uh, so I don't have a particular game that we can really talk about as being a primetime game. But just looking at the list, I want to give it to, let's say, the Chargers in Denver, who two teams I could see competing for like a wild card spot in second in the AFC West. Yeah, I could see, I could see that. That would be solid. I think it would be a fun. I think it would be a fun Sunday night football game. But we'll, but we'll see as obviously as the season gets closer, and those two might be, you know, that might be ironed out a little bit more. But okay, everybody. Just deep breath. We made it. We did 18 games in under 17 minutes. I'm proud of us. We did really good there. Um, and we could, we could slow down the pace a little bit. Um, I know I'm tired from all the talking. Uh, so let's move on to the more important and, frankly, the more interesting stuff as we're going to break down each team's schedule and what kind of what that means for the team and how we – if our expectations for the team's wins win loss has changed you know how we expect them to do record wise because of their their schedule so tony let's start with the buffalo bills they obviously they they host the rams which i love and then play the titans then the dolphins and baltimore so i would argue four at the very least good opponents if not four uh you know two great two good opponents um, so they're going to have a bit of an, a tough stretch, and then they play uh, against Pittsburgh and Kansas City before going to their bye week, where they enter arguably a little bit of an easier phase of their season. So what do you make of the Bills' schedule? That bye week being at 7 is probably, I would say, a good thing. What do you think of the Bills? I think that that bye week actually is kind of a, a bad thing. If I'm if I'm a, a team that's definitely going to be in the playoff mix, it's definitely probably going to make at least a game or two run. Uh, and potentially a Super Bowl run, I actually would like to see my bye week be more towards the end. Maybe weeks 13, 14 would be a good spot. Just so you can kind of get an end-of-the-year recovery week before you head into the playoffs, get yourself a little bit healthier. But I don't think that 7 is a bad time to do it. I think, like you said, they kind of they have a fairly balanced schedule. They don't have any, like... We're losing you, Tony. Oh, am I back? Uh, I, th- I, th- I, it might be on my end, but we did lose you a little bit. Can you repeat that last sentence? Oh, there we go. Okay. I do think that the bills kind of have a fairly balanced schedule. Like you were talking about, they don't have any insane runs of dominant team after dominant team. Like you said that and when they're kind of starting out, that's kind of a rough patch, but it seems to ease out a little bit more as the year progresses. Yeah, no, I think down the stretch, it gets a little bit more favorable. They host, you know, they, they play at Detroit, they play, so in week nine, they play at the Jets, host Minnesota, host Cleveland at Detroit. There's a little bit of a stretch, then they play New England, New York. So like, I don't think there's a particular part of the season where they can basically just punt on it and say, hey, we'll be fine. But, um, you know, I, I guess it's kind of what you would expect that as they rank 12th in strength of schedule. So a good schedule, but not an impossible schedule like I know the Rams have where it feels impossible. Yeah, no, that one's rough. All right, so let's go to the Miami Dolphins next. So they rank 21st in strength of schedule. M- missing the playoffs narrowly will kind of do that to you where you have a little bit of an easier strength of schedule. And so they open up against the the Patriots, then the Ravens, then the Bills, then the Bengals. So they have another four tough games before they kind of, I don't even want to say an easier stretch of the season, maybe a gentler stretch of the season where they play New York, Minnesota, Pittsburgh, Detroit, Chicago, and then Cleveland. And and then in week 11, they'll have their bye before hosting the Texans, then going on a road against three killer opponents, the 49ers, the Chargers, the Bills, and then they host the Packers on the road against the Patriots and close the season against the Jets. I'm going to be honest, I, I don't want to say I've lost confidence in Miami, but I feel like I've... I, I'm worried about Miami a little bit more now. They're definitely going to be tested, and it's going to be kind of like you said. They're going to start the season. It's going to be tough. If they can come out of the beginning of their season 2-2, two and two, I think that's a victory because 
uh, yeah. week five, six, seven, eight, nine, and arguably ten depends on how all that goes. Uh, those should all be f- much easier weeks. Some would even argue easy weeks in general. By week eleven, that's fine. By or essentially a bye week in twelve with the Texans, and then once you I don't get know. That, you're really rushing down the line here. Uh, these are no, they, tough games. They open hard and close really hard, and the fact that that's the 21st game in strength of schedule really surprises me, and it makes me want to run um, Zelo projections as a strength of schedule indicator instead just to see how that looks, and maybe that'll be an episode down the line. But let's look to the New England Patriots, who are 16th in strength of schedule. They obviously did make the playoffs, but they were one of the last teams to do so and got quickly bounced by Buffalo, which was a real downer on what was honestly a really good bounce-back season for them. So they open against Miami, then the Steelers, the Ravens, and the Packers. Again, like I think that one is probably the easier of the, the four opener games that we've had. Then they move on to the Lions, Cleveland, Chicago, New York, and Indianapolis. That opening nine is not particularly terrible. Yeah, they have some good teams in there, but they're dispersed among easier teams, I guess you could say. So it's not as bad as you know going back-to-back-to-back to back to back on three really tough opponents. It's a lot easier to manage when it's just, okay, here's a tough opponent, and then we have two lighter games, and then another tough opponent. That's a lot more manageable. And to be honest, I could see, and we're going to get to Cleveland. I don't want to spoil our content, but Cleveland in Week 6 could be a lot different than Cleveland in Week 9. So, yeah, you know, that matters too. The placement of Cleveland, I think, for teams was something that is going to have huge ramifications for both the Browns and the teams around the Browns. Um, okay, so then the Patriots, Week 10, they have their bye week, and then the Jets in 11. So they have that little stretch of New York in 8, the Colts in 9, the bye week in 10, and the Jets in 11. I think that's where we're going to see really strong play from the Patriots. I expect them to pick up both wins against the Jets. And, you know, if they they if they, if they beat Indianapolis, they go 3-0 and in that four-week stretch. That'll be huge. If they go 2-1, and not as good. And then they have on the road at Minnesota, home to Buffalo, at Arizona, at Vegas, uh, home to Cincinnati, home to Miami, and then at Buffalo to close the season. Really, ex- I, I think that that schedule is favorable. Like again, it kind of follows the trend. I think there is that that tougher part of the schedule will be Buffalo, Arizona, Las Vegas, Cincinnati. But they, I don't feel like they have a murderer's row of teams. No, they don't. They they start the year off fairly. I don't want to say easy, but easier than they finish the year, which some would argue is a good thing, kind of get into the year a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. Some would argue is a bad thing going into the playoffs. You don't want to lose steam, losing to like the Bills in Week 18. It's tough to go into the playoffs on a loss. So uh, I do think that this is it's it's going to be tough for the Patriots at the end of the year, but the Patriots are the Patriots. I'm not going to bet against them in really any of these games. No, personally, I, I think the Patriots would prefer to start easier and close harder because Bill Belichick will have that team running as they need to be once, you know, going into December and January. And it's less about how you look in September and more about how you look in December and January. So one, we'll get a real good look at the Patriots, but two, I think Bill Belichick will have them ready for December and January football. All right, let's move on to the Jets. So the Jets, interestingly enough, they are 17th in strength of schedule, a little bit higher than the Dolphins. I think it's just a little bit of, you know, a fluky, fluky luck of the draw. They open against the entirety of the AFC North. Um, <laughs> they play Baltimore, Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Pittsburgh, which could be a very tough stretch of four games. They'll then take on Miami at Green Bay, at Denver, at New England, at Buffalo. That is a brutal first nine weeks. Yeah, that is that is a lot of games. This is kind of like what you're talking about with the Patriots. Like, yeah, there are some good game, there's some good teams in there, but you kind of break them up. You really don't get that here at all. Like, you can argue that the Steelers, Miami and Pittsburgh, yeah, that's like a breakup. Steelers up, are probably the easiest team that they will play, and you know they're not great. But if that's the easiest team you play in the first nine weeks, that's a tough schedule. No, it is. So then you go to the bye in 10, and you come out of the bye right back into the Patriots on the road in New England. Then Chicago, Minnesota, at Buffalo, Detroit, Jacksonville, Seattle, Miami. So the Jets do actually close with a more favorable schedule down the stretch. So it's it's literally the inverse of what we're talking about with the Patriots. Um, and so, you know, like you said, so I think we could see the Jets pick up wins against Detroit, Jacksonville, Seattle, and maybe Miami and have a little bit of steam going into the offseason. I would expect them to do fairly well in those four those four closer games. I know you're a little bit higher in Detroit than I am, but I, I expect that to be a good stretch for the Jets where they at least look better. Yeah, I do think that the Lions are going to be a little bit more formidable than they were last year. They have a much easier schedule uh, than than I think they did last year overall, and 
if I'm the Jets, like this whole schedule thing is all relative, right? Like if this schedule came out for the Chiefs or the Bucks, I'd be saying, okay, this is doable. Maybe it's a little difficult, but it's doable. But for the Jets, I think they lose the like Jets. every single one of these games in the first 11 weeks. Well, so what happens when you have Zach Wilson as your starting quarterback? I said don't draft him, and I maintain do not draft him. <laughs> okay, um, so well, I mean, I guess you can't. I guess I can't maintain don't draft him, but I, I, I still stand by they shouldn't have drafted him. I maintain they shouldn't have drafted him. Uh, okay, so let's go to the AFC North. We're going to open it up with the Baltimore Ravens. So they obviously missed the playoffs, and so they have a decent strength of schedule, I believe. They didn't finish last in their division, did they, Tony? That was Cleveland who finished last, or was it the Ravens? I think it might have been Cleveland, but it was really, really close. That whole division was within yeah. like, two games. No, it was. So anyway, the, the Ravens finished lower in the division than it would like. They missed the playoffs, and so they get a little bit of an easier strength of schedule. And so um, they begin the season against the entirety of the AFC East. Let's <laughs> see what the NFL did there. Um, okay, and so... They, they start against the Jets, the Dolphins, then they go on the road at the Patriots, home to the Bills, home to the Bengals, at New York, home to Cleveland, at Tampa Bay, at New Orleans, and they have their bye right in Week 10. So I honestly really, with the 18-week season, I really like the placement of the Week 10 bye. Yeah, it definitely can make it easier as kind of like a halfway point. We'll take a little breath. We got through the first half. Now we can kind of relax, get ourselves back together, regroup, and take on the back half. I do like that. Yeah, me too. I, I think I don't know if there's like a best placement for the buy. Like they have their drawbacks. Like if you have a really early buy, you you're a little bit annoyed because you're it's going to be harder for you to get through the fatigue of the back half of your season, which is more like the back three quarters of your season. And if you have it too late, then you're going to be dinged up going through that first stretch of the season before you get the bye week. And so I feel like the middle is just the healthiest compromise of the two of the two spots. Yeah, I think it really depends on what kind of a team you are. Like if you're a team that's going to make a run in the playoff. Most of the time, I kind of hear that later in the season is generally better accepted just so you can kind of have a little bit more rest going into those playoff games. But if you're like mm-hmm. the Jets and you have like a week five uh, bye week or whatever, they don't really <laughs> care because they know they're not going to do anything with it. So it's just kind of there. Yeah, okay. So looking at the the Ravens, I think they're – I expect them to go two and two in those first four games. Um, I, I could see them beating New York and I can see them beating Miami, although – Lord knows, who knows, but with how, you know, they're, the, the Dolphins don't have Brian Flores, so that makes me like the Dolphins a little bit less defensively speaking, and so I kind of trust the Ravens to maybe not get just absolutely handled by the Dolphins like last time, but still, I expect them to go 2-2, two and two, and then, I don't know, I don't know what to make of this Cincinnati, New York, Cleveland stretch, I, ex- I would expect them to lose to the Bengals, beat New York, and Lord only knows against Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland is complete wild card at the moment we have no idea what's going to happen with any of them but yeah I, I i see them kind of just breaking even like in a lot of games it's kind of like win one lose one win one lose one it's i don't see them being anything particularly special with or without lamar they have some mm. stretches that are good they have some stretches that are bad like weeks eight and nine tampa and new orleans those That'll are bad. tough and weeks like 11 and 12 or panthers jags so they have like you know two really tough games by week two fairly easy games uh Although I am a little bit high on the Panthers, I, I do think they've made some decent moves. So we'll see how that goes. But they don't have that'll a be, crazy schedule. <laughs> that'll be when Matt Corral starts. I guarantee it. He'll be starting by week 11 over Sam Darnold. Um, okay, so let's conclude the, the Ravens stretch. So then they in week 13, they play Denver, Pittsburgh, week 14, Cleveland, week 15. And then they have Atlanta, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. I, I think I feel like this Ravens team is going 9 and 8, 10 and 7. I don't particularly see them being like the favorite to win that the the round one buy, but I I expect them to at least be a competitor for the division championship. But this schedule, it's another one where th- there's not a death lineup, but I do think that they have a more more difficult chunks of the season. Yeah, I see them going maybe nine and eight. I don't even know if I see ten and seven just because I'm kind of I'm kind of out on the Ravens. We'll see. Yeah, definitely out on the Ravens. Let's move to the Bengals, who you're you're also out on. The AFC North fans, I just love us right now. Um, okay, so let's go to week one. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers. They open up with that little rivalry game, uh, the divisional foe game, and then Dallas, the New York Jets, Miami, Baltimore, the Saints, the Falcons, the Browns, and then Carolina, and then they hit their bye week in week 10. So I actually, I, I do like 
some stretches of the season for the Bengals, like the Miami game, the Baltimore game, uh, excuse me, the Jets, Miami, Baltimore stretch. I expect them to do pretty well there. I expect them to beat the Steelers. I could conceivably see them going in the first five weeks, four and one, three and two, and doing pretty well. And then they have Atlanta, Cleveland, Carolina, which again, I know you, I know you're high on Carolina. I am too, but I still think the Bengals are just a little bit ahead of where the Panthers are. So I could see them doing very well in those first nine weeks. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm kind of with you there. I think the Panthers are getting better, but I do think that the Bengals regressing, like I think they are, are still slightly better than the Panthers getting better. So I think that they're kind of closing mm-hmm. that gap. Hopefully we'll see how, you know, maybe the Bengals come out and light the world on fire again. But I do think that the Bengals are going to have to do as well as they possibly can in these in the first half of the season. Because I know we haven't got there, but the back half of the season's looking pretty rough. Yeah, for those of you who are following along with ESPN, the Steelers in Week 11, the Titans in Week 12, the Chiefs in 13, Cleveland in 14, Tampa Bay in 15, the Patriots, the Bills, and then the Ravens. Yeah, now that back half definitely makes up for what I feel like is a fairly light first half of the season. Um, I, I do I do feel bad for not mentioning the Bengals have the, the third hardest schedule in the NFL, so that'll kind of do it. <laughs> yeah, I understand. That's, that's where that third comes in is 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 all those back half teams. Was there yeah, there's not a team in the back besides the Ravens who missed the playoffs. No, they really Oh, I guess the Browns. Whoops. They really got hammered down the Tried. line and the Browns could be a completely different team this next year. We have no idea. So, uh this could be an extremely difficult back half of the season arguably the most difficult back half of the season in the NFL, but we'll have to see looking at schedules down the line. Yeah, I mean, at least of the ones we've covered, that is definitely the hardest back half. They're going to need that by week and week 10, and hopefully, you know, they do pretty well in those first nine weeks. And, you know, transitioning to over to Cleveland, so again, to preface this for those who maybe haven't followed the NFL that closely and you're kind of picking this up as more of a casual fan, Deshaun Watson was traded to the Cleveland Browns from the the Houston Texans around a lot of... Uh, controversy, we'll say. Yes, controversy is a very good way to put it. And so... He is technically he was indicted. He was not indicted by a grand jury, which means the grand jury did not choose to pursue legal action. Now, granted, that is not an admission of innocence. That is just an admission of this would not. This is not enough to bring forth a trial. So, the NFL technically doesn't. Like, he's not serving prison time. He's not serving jail time. So, there's technically no reason I would say to to suspend him from a legal perspective. But of course. The NFL does have certain clauses that they expect good behavior out of their players. And so the NFL has absolutely in their power to suspend him. In fact, suspending a player who's not even charged would not be a precedent-setting move by the NFL. So the NFL is complete within their right. And because of the large quantity of the allegations, I think that it is is not unreasonable to think that it will be at least a six-game suspension and possibly at most, I think, an eight-game suspension. And so I feel like if you go with eight the, the Browns can go 4-4 four and four in their opening stretch. So in their stretch, they go Carolina, New York, Pittsburgh, Atlanta, the Chargers, the Patriots, the the Ravens, and the Bengals. So I would honestly expect them to go 3-1, and 2-2, and 4-0 and oh in, in that first stretch. I'd expect them to do fairly well in those first four games. And then those, those next four games are just terrible. Yeah, these this is going to be where they need him the most. If they can get away with a six-game uh, six suspension here, with him and bring him back against the Ravens and the Bengals, they're going to be in a decent spot. I think they can beat mm-hmm. the Ravens with Deshaun. They have a they have a chance if they play Baker. If Baker actually is willing to play for this Plays, team, it's no yeah. idea what's going to be happening with him. I think that he would, but you know who can really say? Uh, the Bengals is going to be the way tough one. I think if you have Deshaun in there, you have a decent chance, but I'm not betting on him. Yeah, no, and that is the huge question, right? Because there's obviously, as much as Baker may not have been the quarterback that the Browns were looking for and they went out and got Watson to replace him, there is a massive difference, I think, between Baker Mayfield and Jacoby Brissett, who was not very good with the Dolphins when he did play last season. So if, if it's Jacoby Brissett, like, that changes things. I'm saying that they will probably go 3-1 and one in that first four-week stretch and then go 1-3 and three in the back half of that four-week stretch of, of the next four with Baker Mayfield and just come out at 4-4, four and four, and then it's up to Deshaun to power them through the next half. And if it's Jacoby Brissett, just count him as 0-4 for weeks 5 through 8 and count him as 2-2 two and two through, for, for weeks 1 through 4. Yeah, I, I don't—I think it's going to be tough. We're, we're going to have to wait and see. 
Absolutely. No, it is for for sure a wait and see. So let's get to the next half. This is the stretch that I'm going to assume that Deshaun Watson plays because as much as I can absolutely see him getting suspended longer, I think realistically, for me, it feels like the fact that there's a week nine bias, the NFL almost saying he's going to have an eight-week suspension and week nine is going to be the chance where they can bring him back and we're specifically almost giving them the week nine bye to insert him in the lineup for week 10. Maybe that's me reading too much into it, but I, that's the, that was my first feeling looking at the when the Browns have their bye week. If that is the max time that he can go, I I kind of agree with you. I, I feel like they didn't just happen to give them week nine as their bye week. That would make a lot of sense for him to bring him back, give him a week to get back into it, and then let him go in the back half of the season. That very potentially could happen. Yeah, so speaking of that back half, uh, we have the Dolphins in Week 10, then at the Bills, home to Tampa Bay, and then on the road against Houston and Cincinnati, and then home to the Ravens and the the Saints, and then on the road at the Commanders, and then on the road to close the season against the Steelers. So that's not a great... They have the, the 17th hardest schedule in the NFL. Again, that's not like an overwhelming lineup like Los Angeles, New England, Ravens, Cincinnati feels like a very overwhelming four game stretch. I don't think that they have a similar overwhelming four game stretch. Maybe Buffalo, Tampa Bay, Houston, Cincinnati is, is a considerably harder four week stretch than some of the other stretches we talked about. But I think that, you know, the back half of the season is going to be fairly challenging, but is not overwhelming. And I think Deshaun can reasonably get the Browns into a playoff contention if he misses those first eight weeks. Yeah, I think it. we kind of know that Houston's not really going to be anything all that special, so we can kind of bank on uh, them probably being a fairly decent win uh, for the Browns. The Miami Dolphins could be good this year. We don't really know. We're going to have to wait and see on that. And by week 10, they could have kind of gotten themselves sorted out. We saw that this year where they started off mm-hmm. slow and kind of got into a rhythm towards the back half of the season, so maybe that happens again. Uh, if the Dolphins are good, then we're looking at a Dolphins, Bills, Bucks. And then, you know, Texas kind of a whatever game. And then the Bengals, that's a tough five-week stretch minus the Texans. So that could be rough. Yeah, no, but having the Texans in there is a little nice. <laughs> it definitely helps. All right, let's move to the Steelers. So the Steelers have the 12th hardest schedule in the NFL. They made the playoffs last year. Uh, but they're not like the typical playoff team. As you know, They don't have their star quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger. They just say goodbye to him as he retired. And they're, the, the offense, it feels like, is just completely reloading. Uh, they don't even have Juju Smith-Schuster. He went to the Chiefs, who we'll get to in a bit. So you know, they, I'm expecting them to take a step back. I do not expect them to be a playoff team. Um, so they open against Cincinnati, New England, Cleveland, and New York. Then Buffalo, Tampa Bay, Miami, Philadelphia. And then have an, a Week 9 bye week. Yeah, that's not... And like we said earlier when we were looking at the Jets' schedule, this is all relative. So mm-hmm. I don't think that this is going to be a particularly easy schedule for a lot of teams, especially the Steelers, as they're really coming into a new era that they haven't seen in a long, long time with a new quarterback. The Bengals, Patriots, like Browns, that's a that's a fairly decent starting three. Uh, you kind of get a Jets a break with the Jets. Then you have five, six, seven, and eight are all... That's a pretty tough stretch, even if the Dolphins... I mean, only... Only one of those teams missed the playoffs in, in five through eight. Yeah, I mean that's that's a, that's that's a lot of really good teams to start off the start off the year with, and you're only halfway done at the season with some decent games in the back half as well. Yeah, no. Then you open up with the Saints, the Bengals, and the Colts. Those are three. I I anticipate three good teams, um, and then you have the Falcons, the Ravens, the the Panthers, the the Raiders again. Uh, excuse me, the Raiders, and then the Ravens, and then Cleveland. So, you know, not I, I don't I think the 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 first eight games or so is definitely the hardest segment for the Steelers, but 10, 11, and 12 are not very kind either. No, this is really a, a, an evenly difficult schedule throughout most of the year, and I think this is going to be the year that we see Tomlin's 500 streak break. Yeah, as much as I hate to say that, I, I definitely agree, just because I don't personally... I mean, we, we'll probably see Pickett, I would imagine, at some point in the season. I don't think Trubisky's going to stay the starter throughout the entire course of the season. So we could see Pickett come in, and you know, that midweek, the, the week nine bye, we could very easily see Pickett come in. Yeah, there's no chance that Trubisky's the answer. No, absolutely not. Okay, so on to the AFC South. So we start with the Houston Texans. Their strength of schedule was 19th in the NFL, and they have a bye week in week six. So their first five games are the Colts, the Broncos, the Bears, the the Chargers, and then the Jags. I don't hate that schedule. I also don't love it. I two and three, three and two, probably the ceiling there. I feel like it's good. It's okay. I mean, gee, I don't know. 
two and three, I think, is a ceiling, an absolute ceiling. I'm going to go one and four realistically. I think three and two is the ceiling because maybe they get a fluky win against the Colts or the the Chargers for some reason, um, or, or, or heck, the Broncos even. Um, and then you know, I would I would anticipate them picking up games against Jacksonville and Chicago. I think that I'd say two and three is their ceiling. The Bears and the Jags. I don't know if they beat the Bears, to be totally honest with you. I am very, very low on this Texans team, and you know if I'm giving the Bears credit, then this has to be a bad team. They have your boy. They have Davis Mills. I mean, yeah, but... What happened to your boy? (laughs) In his second year, there's a lot of holes in the team around him. I'm not doubting Mills. I'm doubting the Texans. Fair enough. That is not a horrible thing to doubt. Um, Okay, so then let's... You know, they have that early bye, so they're going to have a tough tough next... uh, 13 games, or excuse me, uh, a next tw- tough 12 games. So we have the Raiders, then Tennessee, then the Eagles, then New York, then the Commanders, then Miami, Cleveland, Dallas, Kansas City, Tennessee, Jacksonville, the Colts. Good Lord, how that really does not particularly to me feel like the 19th uh, hardest schedule in the NFL. That feels like it should be harder. Yeah, it definitely kind of seems like it looking at it now. Yes, it, it's a tough schedule. Yes, this is a fairly bad team. I don't think they're making the playoffs regardless, so it doesn't really matter. I mean, I give them – I think I'm going to ceiling them at six wins on the year. I don't hate that ceiling. I honestly would feel semi-comfortable going lower than, than six. You know what I mean? As the ceiling, I might even say five just because that does – that is not a kind schedule. I mean, coming out of the bye, the Raiders, the Titans, and the Eagles is a tough three. Um, and then you have Kansas City. Excuse me, you have Cleveland, the Cowboys, Kansas City, uh, and Tennessee. Like those are you know those are not easy stretches. Yeah, those are tough games. It's really going to depend on is the NFL going to revert to normalcy, or is it going to be like last year where we saw more upsets than I think I have ever seen in recent history. Uh, if it goes back to normalcy, five or six wins is the ceiling, or maybe it's a crazy win and the Texans can pull out like a nine win year for, for just somehow for Davis. Yeah. For Davis, <laughs> I'm, I'm still on the Davis mills train. I will never hop off that. And I will never be on the Trevor Lawrence train. Yeah, no, for sure. I know, I know you don't want to. And unfortunately, if we had the Jacksonville Jaguars next, I would just use that as a beautiful segue, but we don't. So I will take I the team they beat, beat last year to, uh, to end their playoff run, and we'll go to the Colts instead. The Colts have the 26th easiest schedule in the NFL, and personally, with their quarterback upgrade, I anticipate them being a little bit better, if not significantly better, um, and I, I would desperately like them to pick up some wide receivers. Um, okay, so we go to the Houston Texans. So the, the Colts open with the Houston Texans and the Jaguars, two nice little easy games to open up another tough three-game stretch where they'll play the Chiefs, the Titans, and then the Broncos before they have Jacksonville, the Titans, the Commanders, the Patriots, the Raiders, Philadelphia, and then the Steelers and the Cowboys before a Week 14 bye, another another late bye. I believe the Colts had a late bye last season too. Yeah, that's definitely going to be super beneficial for them, and I agree. They need to pick up a receiver. T.Y. Hilton, the walking Band-Aid, is never healthy for a full year. There's no chance that, that he's going to be very productive at all, so they definitely need to get some new guys. Yeah, no, I, so looking at the, the actual schedule, I would imagine they go 2-0 and in those first two games, although who knows that the fact that they couldn't beat Jacksonville on the road last season that cost them the playoffs was kind of insane. Um, but they have that t- that brutal three-game stretch of Kansas City, Tennessee, and then Denver, and then going back to Jacksonville and then Tennessee. I think 10, 10 wins is probably where I feel like this team is just looking at it. I do think that the fact that they have such a late bye week is going to be problematic for them. You know, war of attrition, especially with, with such a hard schedule. Yeah, they could have a little bit of a tough run. That is a late bye week, but it could be beneficial if they're making a playoff run. Uh, they do have mm-hmm. some tough teams in here, and they luckily, if they really wanted to, they can kind of take a bye week for 17 and uh, 18 if they're looking like they're in a really good spot and start some of the backup guys and rest some of the mm-hmm. starters. They're facing the Giants and the Texans. That shouldn't be anything too strenuous on the team. So uh, I do think that they, they have some benefits down the line, even though there are some tough games. Yeah, no. So if we're going to pick apart strength of schedule, you know, that is a really hard schedule. And I feel like realistically looking at it, it's probably it's probably tanking a little bit because it has Houston Jacksonville on it twice and then throwing the Giants for good luck. You have three 
really easy teams appearing on there five times. And I feel like that schedule is probably harder than it appears on paper. Like looking at it now, looking at the schedule with the schedule actually physically out in front of us, it's a lot harder than what, 26th? Yeah, it's probably a decent bit harder than 26, but those last two games at the end really do help it out. No, they do. I agree. I think that's a, a good way to kind of, because I mean, they'll have 14 as a buy and then they'll have two, not buys, but softer weeks. I think that that will be helpful if they're making a playoff push. Um, and speaking of 26, tied for 26 strength of schedule are the Jacksonville Jaguars. So they uh, have a week 11 buy and they will open against the Commanders, obviously then the Colts. They'll be at the Chargers, at the Eagles, home to the Texans, at the Colts again, home to the Giants, home to Denver, which I believe is an international game. Uh, yep, correct me if I'm wrong, Tony. At the Wembley Stadium. Ah, okay. So, yeah, so the the NFL very apparently trying to make Jacksonville an international team. Um, and then we yeah, have the <laughs> Jacksonville doesn't want them, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> Tony doesn't want Trevor Lawrence in America either. Um, okay. The Raiders. Whoa, what did I do there? Um, okay, the Raiders in Week 9, and then at Kansas City in Week 10, and then they have their bye in Week 11. So, tough schedule. A little bit of a tough one. Yeah, that's not particularly easy. You said tied for 26 in the strength of schedule. That's a bit of a rough one. Looking at it on paper, I think it's because, again, if you're going to poke holes in strength of schedule, it's because they have Detroit appearing um, in week in week 13. They have the Giants in week 7, and they obviously play the Texans twice. And so I feel like those three teams are probably going to make anybody's strength of schedule look a little bit easier than it is. I mean, throw in the Commanders, too. They didn't have a great season. That is true, and they could they could very easily jump back and be that team that we thought they'd be last year, too. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so let's look at the back half. So the Ravens in 12, then they're on the road at Detroit, like I mentioned, then on the road at Tennessee, home to Dallas, at the Jets, at the Texans, and then home to the Titans. So I expect the Jacksonville Jaguars to look a little better this season, but not great. I don't think that they're going to make a massive leap. No, I think I could see them doing four or five wins ceiling, and mostly just because they have some some softball games in there and Frankly, they're a softball team, so they need that to get any. Yeah. Well, it's it's a lot easier to improve dramatically when you have had back-to-back first overall picks in the draft. Yeah, no, that does not bode well for your picks if you there, still have those uh, picks. No, for sure. It is there is literally nowhere to go but up. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so let's let's finish out the AFC South. So the Titans have the twenty-fourth strength schedule, and again, like the fact that the AFC South as a whole is so low, with the Texans having the hardest schedule at nineteen, just tells me that the fact that uh, each of these teams have to play Houston and Jacksonville twice just kind of tanks your strength of schedule dramatically. I feel like there's something, and they also uh, apparently all play the Giants, <laughs> so that that'll also tank your schedule. Um, so the Titans open with the Giants and then at Buffalo, home to the Raiders, at the Colts, and then at the Commanders before an early week six bye, which if the Titans are as injured as they were last year, they're going to be a little bummed that that comes so early in the season. Yeah, that's that's one of those spots where I definitely, no matter who you are, I don't want that to be my bye week. That is way too early. I can live with a mid, mid-year mid bye week. I would enjoy a later bye week, an early bye week, especially week six. That is just brutal. So for that opening first five game stretch, three and two, four and one. Well, let's see. We're looking at the Titans. Buffalo is an L. Washington. Maybe. I mean, eh, I take it no back. Chance. I don't think they at Buffalo. I don't think they beat them. I don't think there's no chance, but I do know. I do remember Tennessee got the big win over Buffalo. That was like, is Tennessee a Super Bowl contender? Yeah, but this I would also peg this as a weaker team than last year. No, and that, and that's why I said like. I, I kind of corrected myself and was like, it's not an automatic loss, but I don't want to put it as like also an automatic win just because of last season. I think if I'm betting, I bet they lose to Buffalo and Indy, and I bet that mm-hmm. they beat the Commanders, the Raiders, and the Giants. Okay, so three and two. Um, and then we go you know, for the bye week in week six to week seven, home to the Colts, at the Texans, at the Chiefs, at De- uh, home to Denver, at Green Bay, home to Cincinnati, at the Eagles. That is a, is a very tough stretch. Um, and then home to Jacksonville, at the Chargers, home to Houston, home to uh, Dallas, and then at Jacksonville. So they had a tough stretch in there, like right that, after the bye too. 
9, 10, 11, 12. Those are... 13. You, I'll, I'll can, throw 13 in there. Yeah, I'll throw 13 in there as well. Good catch. If you can win, if you can go positive in those games, you're doing very well in the season. Yeah, the question is, do they go positive in those games? That's the thing, though. Is I think <laughs> I think they definitively lose to the Chiefs and the Packers. I think those are two L's right there. It's just I'm gonna of I'm gonna chuck in Denver. I I don't know. I want to see. I can. I I'm not against doing that, but I want to see if Russ is really the answer. If they can really figure other things out, I think that they could go zero and five in that stretch. I think at best they go three and two. Yeah. And speaking of Russ, thank you, Tony. I feel like you did that on purpose. You set me up to go to my segue of now looking at the Denver Broncos as we've concluded the AFC West, and we're going to trans. We've concluded the AFC South, and we're going to transition over to the AFC West. So looking at Denver, they have the mother of all opening games. Russ at home at Seattle is just, it's incredible. Yeah, I feel like they built the entire season, the entire first week around the <laughs> Yeah, no, they were like, okay, Denver plays Seattle. Build it around that one, boys. Like, yeah. it it's just, just feels perfect. After that, we don't care. Just make the sure that's in it. Yeah, so that's a great one. I can't wait. It's obviously prime time, as we talked about. And that's the only reason it's going to be an interesting game for me, because I feel like that one's going to be a blowout um, in, in the worst possible way. Yeah, no, it's definitely a storyline game. It's going to be awful. <laughs> Looking at ticket prices, so if you you go, you go to ESPN, they have they have ticket prices, I believe. Who are those a courtesy of? Those are cur- a courtesy of Vivid Seats. So that is the most expensive game for the Broncos, by a, a sizable margin, it's $303 for a ticket to that game, and then they have some games going as low as $62, $57. That's, that is, that is something. So literally, like, nearly six times the price. <laughs> that, that game is going to be incredible. Oh, that's, that's how it has to be. Yeah, for sure. So after, you know, the monumental game against Seattle, uh, they will then host Houston and host the 49ers. That one's another prime time. And then they'll go on the road at Vegas, home to the Colts, at the on the road against Los Angeles, home to New York, and then home to Jacksonville, which not technically home. It's obviously, as, as we talked about earlier, a road game. Um, and then they have their bye week. So I actually, I don't particularly hate this schedule for the Broncos because again, Seattle, Houston, I'd imagine should be automatic wins. San Francisco, Feels like a toss-up. I I do believe in the Broncos, and I almost want to give it to the Broncos. Um, and then at Las Vegas, I would expect to be pretty good. Home to the Colts feels like a, a competitive game. I'm going to give to the Broncos. At the Chargers, I'll give to the Chargers. But New York, Jacksonville, we could legitimately be talking about the Broncos as like a one to two loss team through the first eight weeks of the sca- eight weeks of the season, which builds into your theory that Russ will be the MVP candidate and then fall off as he has a much harder schedule um, down the stretch. Yep, and it doesn't matter who he plays. He could play the Jags eight times in a row in the last half. <laughs> always fall off. I will die on that hill. It happens every year. Yeah, and well, like, I mean, they... In the first oh, eight weeks of the year, before their bye week, this team could be 8-0, and they could be 4-4. Four and four. And I wouldn't be surprised at either, because I have no idea how this team's going to be. I feel a little bit better than 4-4, four and four, but like 6-2 and two or 8-0 or 4-4, four and four, I guess, is they're all on the table. Uh, and so it, it is the 15th strongest schedule in the NFL, so it does even out in, in the back half of the season. you got the Titans, the Raiders, the Panthers, the Ravens, uh, and then the Chiefs, the Cardinals, the, the Rams, the Chiefs, and then the Chargers. Holy cow. Like, like I know you don't... That are really good. I, yeah, I know you don't like the Ravens as much, but like going from the Ravens to the end of the season is a very hard schedule. Yeah, if you're looking at your kind of stretch of games and the Panthers are like easiest team you have on your schedule for like eight solid weeks. You're looking at a pretty rough schedule. Yeah, no, the, they, they're going to need to accrue. It, it, it fits the narrative. I feel like we figured it out. I feel like we, we figured it out, Tony, the Broncos are going to be really good. You heard it here first, folks, the Broncos are going to be really good for the first eight weeks of the season and the precipitously fall off starting somewhere around week 13. Yeah. Don't be surprised if suddenly they start playing really good teams and suddenly they're not winning. That's, that could just be, you know, this team is going to be good. I am solidly convinced that the Broncos are going to be good. It's just a matter of if they're going to be great. Yeah, I cannot wait for the 820 primetime Chiefs-Broncos game. The fact that we get Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes in the same game on opposite teams is just incredible. 
Yeah, that's incredible. Be, I hope it's a game for the ages, but we'll see. It doesn't even need to be an a-, a game for the ages. Just watching the quarterback play, I think, will be fantastic. But, um, you know, speaking of the Chiefs, it's like I did it on purpose. They're next. Uh, okay, so the Chiefs have the the fifth hardest schedule in the NFL. So it's, I think, one of the hardest ones we've covered so far. I think the Bengals were the only one who were, that were harder at three. Um, and so they'll open against the Cardinals, the Chargers, the Colts, Tampa Bay, then host Vegas, host Buffalo, and then on the road against the 49ers before an eight. Uh, a week eight by week good lord that's another tough really tough stretch those first seven weeks yeah once again the raiders are your easiest opponent in seven weeks that's not good for you i am shocked you did not say the cardinals <laughs> no i i really don't like the raiders i'll be honest with you i think the raiders are such a fluke I feel like you're jealous i'm not jealous of anything <laughs> you're not jealous they, they stole your wide receiver we went 7-0 and in the past two years without him. We don't need him. He needs us. And he's about to see that. He wants to play Derek Carr so bad. Give him a week. We need to have Harrison on. I think that was blasphemy. You besmirched the, the good name of Derek Carr. Okay. Um, Derek Carr is awful. <laughs> okay. Awful's a bit much. Okay. So then, okay, let's, okay. let's, let's go to the second... Let's go to the second half of the season. We have the Titans, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Chargers, the Rams, the the Bengals, Denver, Houston, Seattle, Denver, Las Vegas. Good lord, this Chiefs team could very easily like go nine and eight, you know, ten and seven. Yeah, that's as crazy as that sounds. Given how difficult this schedule is, a ten win season is a decent season for them. I think that they can ceiling their absolute ceiling. I think is thirteen. If they do amazingly well. 13 is their peak. I think they are going to lose four somewhere in there at best. But 13 I think would be 10, fantastic. 10, yeah, if you lose four games in this in this stretch of uh, a season, you're doing really, really well. That's the best you're probably going to get. If the Chiefs go 13-4 and four against this schedule, anoint them Super Bowl champions. <laughs> this this well, lineup is A lot is of people incredible. already are. I'm not. I'm not going to anoint them champions yet. I haven't done the research, and once we do our deep dives, I feel like the picture is going to clear up a lot. Expect those in the coming weeks as we start to kind of do more of that team specific research. But I'm not going to give Kansas City the a Super Bowl favorite status yet. But if they go 13 to four against the schedule, give it to them. Um, let's turn to the Raiders. Tony's Tony's now new least favorite team in the NFL. Um, you know, because they, they obviously stole his beloved Devontae Adams. So let's see how Devontae Adams is going to fare this season. So the Raiders have the seventh hardest schedule in the NFL. Um, for those of you just joining us, strength of schedule is obviously measured by win-loss. So how many t- how many wins all of your combined teams had against all of the losses, and you, you, you take the win-loss percentage, and that's how strength of schedule is determined. So let's look at how hard the, the seventh strength of schedule is actually, because we've talked about it earlier in the show. On paper, not necessarily, you know, what what your rank is is not necessarily actually how hard your schedule can actually be. So they open against the Chargers, then they, they play the Cardinals at Tennessee, home to Denver against the Chiefs. Tough five games, like like to your point earlier where you kept saying like, you know, if, if so-and-so is your hardest team, the easiest team, that is a hard schedule. If the Cardinals are your easiest team, that is a hard schedule. Yeah, I'm... I know last year the Raiders kind of had a fairy tale start to the season of, oh, we're, they're one of the last undefeated teams. I think they were the second last undefeated team, then the Cardinals took it. Uh, I think that, honestly, realistically, I'm going 1-4 and four to start the year. Ooh. Okay, and I I'm, don't I'm, think that's a hot take. I could see them going 0-5. I feel like that is a hot take. I will say two and three because, again, I'm I'm not particularly high on Tennessee after some of the roster moves they've made this year. I feel like Tennessee is is trying to do a little bit of a soft rebuild, and I feel like they just when they by taking a quarterback, I feel like they were just like, eh, you know what, Ryan Tannehill, you might not be it. Um, okay, so week six was their bye. And then they'll play Houston, the Saints, Jacksonville, the Colts, Denver, Seattle, the Chargers. The Rams, so two LA games, and then they'll they'll face the Patriots, the Steelers, the 49ers in Kansas City. You know what? I'm calling it here. Like time of death, nine eight fifty nine p.m. May thirteenth, two thousand and twenty two. Raiders are dead. They're not making the playoffs. I'm calling it here. There's no chance they make the playoffs. I'd be surprised if they go five hundred. Yeah, no, it's uh, I'm I'm calling it dead right here. Like 
just looking at, at games like I feel very confident in them winning, I can count them all in the same hand. Houston, Denver, Seattle. Maybe the Steelers. I'll give them four. I'll give yep. them four I feel good about. Even looking at just like weeks 13 through the end of the season, you really only have the Steelers in there that are a, a possible win realistically. Other than that, everybody is kind of everybody is just a little bit better than you are at least. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm not going to be a good year to be a Raider, I think. But if if it's not a good year for to be a Raider, Tony, you know what it is a good year to be? Anybody else? A Charger. Okay, we'll take um, it. Yeah, well, i, I got to get the segue in. It's the last one, and I'm running out of segue options. So the Chargers <laughs> have the 10th the hardest schedule in the NFL, and they will open against the Raiders at home, then at Kansas City, Jacksonville, Houston, Cleveland, Denver, Seattle, and with a bye week in eight. Like we talked about at the top of the show, I actually don't hate that because there aren't multiple like dynamic teams back-to-back. They're fairly spread out with the two hardest being Kansas City and Denver. Yeah, I agree. I do. One of the things I kind of don't like, and this is a very nitpicky thing, is weeks three and four, you're playing the Jags and the Texans. If I'm the Chargers, I'd like to see them kind of spread spread out around a harder game. It just kind of seems like you're wasting a little bit of a buffer when uh, there's some there's some tougher games that you could break up in here. Like, I think if you would put one between the Raiders and Chiefs, I'd feel a little bit better. Just because, you know, you never know how the Raiders are going to come out week one, and you always know how the Chiefs are going to play. So throw the Jags in between them, because you know they're going to be terrible. Yeah, two rivalry games right back-to-back. Those are, you know, divisional games. Your team That team knows you a little bit better, so I definitely agree. I, I do think that I would expect the the, uh, the Chargers to go 5-2 and two here. Depen- yeah, I, and, I, but it depends on Deshaun. Yeah, it depends on Deshaun. It depends on how the Broncos play. I could see them going five and two, six and one at ceiling. I think they lose to the Chiefs. Yeah, no, they should have a strong start, which is good because the back half of the season does look a little bit challenging. So coming out of their bye week in week nine, they have Atlanta, then the 49ers, Kansas City, Arizona, Las Vegas in 13, Miami in week 14, Tennessee at the Colts, home to the Rams, which again, that is my favorite game of the year probably, and then Denver. Yeah, this is definitely going to be a typical back half, and they they really got the short end of the stick here on their bye week. They would love to break up some of these games in the back half of the season with a bye week, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, looking at just this one particular portion of the season, you have the 49ers, the Chiefs, the Cardinals, the Raiders, Miami. Like Those, those aren't particularly hard games, but they aren't particularly easy games. And then you have Tennessee, the Colts, the, the Rams, and the, in Denver to close out your season. Yeah, that's definitely rough, especially if you're injured. You could drop a couple games that you might, you know, if you were to put those towards the beginning of the season, you could win. You know, if you if you lose two games at the end of the season that you might have won at the beginning of the season, that, those are two games that affect you, and that affects a lot of teams. Like we saw last year, uh, the AFC, what was it, the AFC North? That was within two That was within two wins. They were all within two wins of each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like, and and this is my, I think this might be the saying that comes from this episode, Tony. If the easiest game you have in the season, in a stretch of the season, it's the Raiders. It's a hard stretch. Yeah, because because <laughs> going from from ten to eighteen, man, my, my maybe Miami, but the hardest team, the easiest team they have is the Raiders. Yeah, that my and Miami could be a phenomenal team as well. We have no idea. They're very young and they're developing every year, so that could be a really rough stretch that makes or breaks their entire season. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so to close out the show, we're getting a little above our hour goal. Let's pick division winners based off of kind of everything we've talked about, and you know, really looking at these schedules with a with a fine tooth comb. How do we feel about the AFC East? Um. AFC East, I think I'm going to give it to the Bills. I think they're just the best overall team. Yeah, I was going to say Bills feels like a very layup pick. Yeah, I, I, I part of me wanted to take the Patriots just to kind of you know, switch things up, but I think I'm going to go with Old Reliable and just go with the Bills. Okay. Now, the AFC North is where we're going to – I have a strong feeling we're going to disagree. I know I've said many times that the Bengals are going to regress, and they are, but I, mm-hmm. I still think that – because I believe Deshaun Watson is going to be suspended at some point, I think the Bengals are still going to edge out that win. If Deshaun somehow doesn't get suspended at all, Browns. Yeah, then the Browns. I'm going to take the Ravens because I do believe the Bengals are going to have a bit of a Super Bowl slump or you know 
a regression. I think that Deshaun, again, my firm belief is that he is suspended for the first eight weeks of the season. And the only reason the Browns have a week nine bye is to give Deshaun time to reacclimate himself to football. He'll have been out of football for nearly two years. Um, and then the Steelers, that should be a dumpster fire. I, that offense, I expect nothing from it. So I'm going to pick the Ravens almost as like just best option left standing. <laughs> like not, not yeah, confidence, but best option available. Like it's like when you're taking a multiple choice test, it's like, you know, when your teacher puts in best fit, like it, I don't love it. I don't feel great about it, but it fits the best. Um, <laughs> okay. So let's go to the AFC South where I'm just, I'm going to straight up take the Colts. I think I'm going to have to agree with you. I would like to take the Titans, but they've just regressed a little too much. Yeah, and I, I think the, they, they're just not going to have an offense. Like, they don't have – name name a wide receiver you feel really confident about and then name – name you know what, just name an offensive player you feel confident about that's not Derrick Henry. Yeah, that's you, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, so it'll, it'll probably be the Colts, maybe the Titans if they really want to shock me. Um, and then a, the AFC West – this feels like the most wide open division, and I know you've you've kind of said that you still feel really good about the Chiefs, but I'm going to do it because I'm wearing my Chargers hat right now, theater of the mind. I'm going to take the Chargers to win the you, division this year. You beat me to it. I was going to take the Chargers. Yes, I did it. <laughs> I did it. I I, I'm surprised you didn't say the Chiefs really well. I well, the Chiefs just have too difficult of a schedule. Fair enough. Yeah, I I mean I don't think there's a particular the AFC West as a whole. I don't think has a an easy schedule. I think the Broncos have the easiest in the AFC West, so maybe that's the difference maker. Potentially. I could see the Broncos doing it if they're a really good team, but I'm going to bet on the Chargers before I bet on the Chiefs. Fair enough. Okay, so thank you guys for listening to this episode. Tony, tomorrow we're going to cover the NFC. We're going to go over the primetime game, so we're probably going to do uh, Monday night football and and Thursday night football potentially, and then we'll do the NFC. But we hope you've enjoyed the episode. We apologize for the long delay in in game, in in, in coverage, and we look forward to kind of getting back in the rhythm and trying to do weekly episodes. So thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next one. Later, guys.